Gracious God, you are the great God. You are the great physician. You are the great healer. And we thank you today, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that you did wake us all up. You thank you. We thank you for the breath that each of us carry in our lungs today, Lord, and, and that we still have another opportunity here on this earth. We thank you for Pat. We thank you for her life, her strength, and her hope. And Holy Spirit, we are praying, Lord, that you would bless everybody in that apartment that has been affected by this fire. We lift up the life of the man who, who was lost, Lord. Pat knew him by name, Lord. That was her neighbor. She helped him, Lord, and, and she would be with him whenever she could. And so we lift up all of his family, his friends, his loved ones today, Lord Jesus. But we are thanking you, Lord, for Pat. And we pray, Lord, that we can help her and support her. We're praying for, for Miss Mylan's brother, Willie, Lord. We pray, Lord, that you would just bless his body and heal him and, and give him exactly what he needs, Lord. We're praying for Miss Mylan as she's so far away. It's hard to be away, Lord, when we can't get to a family member, Lord. So we pray, Holy Spirit, that you would bless and fill our hearts, fill our loved ones' hearts, Lord, with encouragement. We pray for Cindy's mom today, Lord, and ask your assurance upon her, Lord. Bless her body with healing today, Lord. And as Pastor Antonio said earlier today, bless all that are sick, all that are ill, all that are heavy-hearted today, all that are downcast and discouraged, Lord. We are here, Lord, to worship you, to, to honor you, Lord, and to be blessed by you today. So Holy Spirit, take hold of all of us, and we thank you and we honor you. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, we pray. And all your people said, amen and amen. We have to trust God for our hope, amen. So you all, we are in yet another new sermon series. And if you look in your bulletin, Ruth did a great job. She has a colorful picture for us in the bulletin today. And what is the name of our series that we are currently in? The power of generosity. And today we're going to be talking about number one, which is letting go and letting God, right? And number two is test God and increase our faith. And number three is I want to be happy. You know, sometimes saints... We, we wonder, why me, right? We wonder why things are happening in our lives the way they are. And we always say to each other, God knows what's happening, right? We always say that. God knows before we knew. Long before today, long before 4 o'clock in the morning when Pat woke up this morning, she, God already knew about that fire. God already knew even that I was going to be preaching a sermon about generosity, Amen. As Pat shared her story with so many that come through the door, many of you have said, so we taken up an offering, right? I was so pleased with that. No one even questioned, was we going to help? We already know we going to help, amen? So at the end of my message, when I say bring down your special offering for Pat, everybody going to be ready to go, right? But the generosity of your hearts Already before you even got in this sanctuary, many of you are thinking, how can we help Pat? How can we help Pat? My first question today was, what is the most generous you have ever been? What is the most generous you've ever been with a friend, a family member, a coworker, a stranger? What's something that you did that you knew I was generous in that moment? Anybody? 
No one has ever been generous. <laughs> okay. Oh, Walter and Katie bought her sister and his sister-in-law a stove. Praise God. Gail, did you like your stove? <laughs> Anybody else? Giving toward, oh, giving toward Pastor Rick's retirement. Many of you, and Pastor Toby's retirement, many were generous toward that. Anyone else? Go ahead. Can someone help me with what she said? Oh, some of the ministries, you're right, Anna, some of the ministries will take up a a cause in the church and collect and give themselves. Like, I still remember you all have purchased books. You see the nice blue chairs y'all sitting on? It's because someone in the church said, I'm going to pay for that. I'm going to sow that. I'm going to make it happen. Anyone else? Time. Generous. We don't have to just be generous with our money. Time. How are you generous with your time? Anybody? Spending time with the children, volunteering. Thank you, Michael. Mm-hmm. Marvin. All right. That's right, just being able to help people. You can talk to somebody. You can offer a smile. You can, hey, you see somebody moving. Anybody ever been at the grocery store and you saw that person struggling? Or you was the person struggling and somebody helped you with your grocery bags? Go ahead. Oh, Gwen. Pay, Pay it forward. So I still remember the one time, and you all may have heard this story, I was complaining to God in my car because somebody was talking about being blessed on the radio. And I said out loud, why, why stuff don't ever happen to me like that? Then I pulled up to get my food because I was at the McDonald's line. Wouldn't you know it, the cashier told me the person in front of me had paid for my meal. I said, shut up, Lord. Okay, I'm going to stop complaining. <laughs> stop complaining. Anyone, Anna? That's right. When we've had seniors, Jamal, was that you right there? Okay. We've had several senior citizens when they were moving out of their homes. And you know how you've lived in your house 40, 50 years, and you got 40, 50 years worth of stuff. And so people from our church went over, helped them move out of their home, helped them deal with their stuff, and get into a nursing home comfortably or an assisted living. Jamal? Thank you. Being generous with your talents. So how many of you have said, you know what, I I can come fold an envelope or I can help with something on a computer or I can sing a song, like going to the nursing homes and singing songs for people. So many ways to be generous. When I, oh God, Marvin.
Ajá. He did need some help. I love that. Marvin said when he helped the guy that he saw at the grocery store need some help, he felt so good just for helping. And when I asked my husband this question as I was preparing this sermon, I said, tell me some ways that you've been generous. And he looked at me, he said, I've been generous with you. (laughs) And I said, but I'm your wife. He said, yeah, but you wasn't always my wife. (laughs) I always remember, I'm telling you all, I had met Terrence, we met at work. And I had known him about two weeks, and my transmission died on my car. It was gone. I was a single mom at the time. I didn't have two nickels to rub together. And before we had even held hands or eye gazed or anything, this brother took his whole check, $1,200. He had gotten a bonus check, so it wasn't his paycheck. It was his bonus check, $1,200, and paid for me a brand-new transmission. I was like, look at God. (laughs) Look at God. So so when he said that, I said, okay, you were generous. (laughs) I give you your props. Many times we are able to help family. How many of us have helped a family member? Good. Or we've helped a friend. How many of us have helped a friend? All right. What about a coworker? Your coworker needs something? We've helped a coworker. What about a stranger? Oh my God, you all are some generous people. Praise God. Which one of those on that list do you think is the hardest to help, to be generous toward? The family. Why is family the most challenging? They don't go away. (laughs) They keep asking, right? They come back. They repeat offenders, right? (laughs) They keep coming back. (laughs) We hope that they appreciate it, right? (laughs) Say it again, Anna. That's right. Sometimes people won't ask for help because they don't want to feel beholden to a family. Like, I owe you something, right? Some of us won't ask for help because we don't want to feel beholden, right? But generosity is our power. This is, sermon series says, the power of generosity. Say power. Did you realize you can derive power from being generous? that you can change, that you can become a better person from your generosity. So how can generosity change your life? Anybody? How can generosity change your life? Anybody? It changes your perspective about your money. Jamal, I saw you. It makes you feel better when you're generous. Marvin already said that. Hassan, did you say something? Give and it shall be given back to you. Generosity is a gift from God. So what is generosity? Generosity is not just giving away stuff. It's not just saying, you know what, I got an extra pair of shoes and I'm giving you my shoes or I got an extra $20 in my pocket and I'm going to give you that $20. Generosity is not just about giving away stuff. Generosity is about connecting with God, who is the ultimate generosity, who is generosity. 
connecting with God and using that strength and power to be a giving person, to be a generous person in all aspects of your life. Say all. All aspects of life, not just in your money, but all of you to become a generous person. Generosity is power. Say power again. Letting go of attachments. How many of us know we got too much stuff? Oh my God. When you all walked in today, you saw a table, right? The table had a lot of stuff on it. And it's a sign. What does the sign say? For free. Take it. All of those things came from one person's house. They were cleaning out their home. And guess what? It was more than that. (laughs) How many of us know that if we were to really get rid of a lot of stuff in our house, we probably could fill up a few rooms in this church? (laughs) How many of us go home all the time thinking, I just really don't need all of this stuff? We all feel that way, but for some reason, we are attached to our attachments. If I came over your house right now, could I just ask for anything? Could I have it? You'll let me have whatever I ask for. You sure? So if I saw your large screen, flat, new, brand new, 90-inch TV on the wall, can I have that? coming over to some of y'all house today. <laughs> what if I saw your brand new car in the driveway? Can I have that? <laughs> some of y'all backtracking. You can't have my car. <laughs> what if you had, you know, some of y'all got that stash. I always tell my husband, he always say he broke, but he ain't never broke because he got a stash somewhere. He got that coin jar. He got dollar bills stuck under the the bed. What if I found your stash? Could I have your stash? (laughs) Some of y'all like, no, I'm not that generous. (laughs) We are so attached to our attachments. I want you to think about one thing that you have in your house right now that you know you really don't need, and it's probably been in there for years. And you probably have too many of them, but you still have them. What is that item? Clothes. Shoes. Furniture. DJ equipment. Anybody got their collection? Who is the collector in here? Somebody going to say children. You can't get rid of your kids now, man. (laughs) Tools. Motorcycles. Say that again. Bowling balls. Say, oh, Tanya, you walking up my street. I still got a Beanie Baby collection, y'all. Y'all should see my Beanie Baby collection. It's ridiculous. I don't even really even look at them, but they in my house. (laughs) And if somebody touch them, I go berserk. Like, why are you touching my stuff? (laughs) Anybody else got something like that in your house that you, you know you're not, don't let, don't touch it. You got the don't touch area? Who got the living room that you can't sit on the furniture? Come on. 
all of us know, who grew up in a house where you couldn't sit in the living room <laughs> or you couldn't go in the dining room? I don't know what it is about us as humans that we get attached to attachments. We enter this world with nothing. We leave this world with nothing. But while we're in this world, we hold on to everything. And we make it so that it seems so important. That is what generosity is all about. Helping us to let go. Tell your neighbor, let go. Part of the problem is we have a whole lot of fears. Of fears of not having enough. Many of us grew up in homes where we were really poor. Can I get an amen? Is the rich kid here? Because <laughs> we always knew it was at least one well-off kid in the neighborhood, and it wasn't us. <laughs> but if you grew up in Cleveland and the Cleveland vicinity, pretty much you, you were in a poor home. You may not have felt poor because your family provided for you, but most families were going paycheck to paycheck to paycheck, right? Most families struggled to get a house or get a car or get an apartment or to get the little that they had. So when you finally got something nice, you didn't want to let it go, right? How many of your grandmas taught you, look, we worked hard for this couch. You ain't going to just be jumping on the couch like that. That's why you had to sit on the floor. Because somebody worked hard for that couch. And you weren't going to mess it up because the neighbors might come over. But your grandmother never let the neighbors over. <laughs> That's how my grandmother was. We had a nice couch, but the neighbors never came over. But it's that fear. If we lose something, we know how hard it is going to be to get it back. I mean, how many of us think about Pat right now? She has lost everything. In a blink of an eye. And we already know it's going to be hard for her to recover. She may recover her couch or her refrigerator. But what about those special things? The pictures of your firstborn child. The pictures of your grandkids. The pictures even of you when you was a teenager that you don't want nobody to see. Think about those things we hold on to and we make important. They become idols in our lives. So generosity is about letting go and trusting that God, that's why it says let go and what? Let God. Let God provide for us. Let God do the work for us. He makes many promises to us that we will never ever go without, but some kind of way we believe we're going to suffer, and we're going to, we're going to go through these great tragedies, and God is not going to provide for us. Tell your neighbor, God is going to provide. So the first thing of generosity is learning to let go. So what's something you can let go of today? Negativity. Pastor Antonio preached on that last week. Pastor Antonio, you stumped all over my street this week. I could not get around your sermon. <laughs> Every time I said, okay, got to be positive. <laughs> I felt like you was on my shoulder. <laughs> what else can we let go of? Fear. What can you let go of? We ain't let go of no children, Clement. 
<laughs> Anxiety. Worry. Greed, pride. Evil, depression. Revenge. Those are soul-changing things. Now, what's the material things we can let go of? Jewelry. Money. Some of those clothes. Some of those shoes. You can only wear one pair. You don't need a hundred. <laughs> you know, I try to stick to this rule. If I haven't worn it, in a year, it's got to go. If I look at my closet, you know how we are. If we know when I lose that weight, and you ain't never lose the weight, but you still got that dress, or you still got that suit, let it go. <laughs> Generosity changes us. Generosity, all those things you all talked about, the revenge, the anger, the bitterness, it changes us and it helps us to let go. Generosity changes both the giver, us, and the receiver. How does it change the receiver? Have you all ever been the receiver? Someone's done something for you that you didn't expect them to do for you. Someone gave you money. Maybe you was the one stranded on the highway. Somebody stopped to help you. Maybe somebody was in school and, and you needed help on a test and somebody reached out to you. So many ways we were the receivers. How did you feel when somebody did something for you? Blessed. Has anybody ever said, you shouldn't have did that. Here, take your money back. <laughs> Something's wrong with them. <laughs> take your money back. Somebody, you stranded on the highway. No, I don't want no ride. You just keep going. I don't want your help. Generosity changes us. And it, generosity has always been in the Bible. The first church back in the book of Acts. Remember, you had Jesus and the disciples. Then you have the apostles. And then they began, Jesus dies on the cross, he's resurrected, he goes on to heaven. All those things happen. And then he promises the presence of the Holy Spirit, Pentecost Sunday, the first church, right? The first church, if we look at what they did, and we're going to look at this scripture. If you all would turn with me to the book of Acts, and I think Jasmine has it up on her, uh, on, the, on the overhead for us. But we're going to look at Acts chapter 2, and we're going to start with verse 42. And it's the fellowship of the believers. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone, say everyone, was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. Read number 44 with me in 45. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had a need. To give to anyone, say anyone, anyone who had a need. Sometimes we get kind of particular about who we feel like helping, right? We only want to help certain people, or we only want to help people so many times before they don't got on our nerves. This says we're going to help anyone. 
Let's keep reading that. Let's look at 46 together. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. So it was because of the generosity of the Christians the generosity of making sure everybody had what they needed. Say need. See, because we struggle between needs and wants, right? We want a new Cadillac, but all we need is a car. We want a new flat screen TV, but all we really need is a TV. You know, we struggle between the wants and the needs, but this says that everyone had what they needed. You know, it's so heartbreaking to look at the church as a whole. And I'm not talking about New Life at Calvary or any individual church. I'm talking about the church as a whole. Because there have been some Christians that have gotten things wrong. And we have to confess that, right? Some Christians have made the rest of us look bad. Because some Christians have done some foul stuff. We've all heard those comments like we can't you shouldn't be given to that church because they just gonna take your money and take advantage of you right well comments like that come from a place of hurt because someone did something hurtful to somebody else my biggest problem is that when one person does something in the church the entire church gets blamed for it have you all ever had that experience you can be in church and I'm just going to call Pearly out because she's sitting close to me. Pearly could hurt Renee's feelings. And you know what Renee say? That whole church just get on my nerves. <laughs> like, wait, I thought, I thought Pearly hurt your feelings. But the whole church? Or you can give, you know, Michael, he's sitting right here. Michael, we can give him some money and he dip in the offering tray and take some extra. Not that he does that. But he can swipe a few dollars out and one of y'all could see that. Sharon, she's sitting behind him. She like, did you see him take all that money out that offering tray? And you know what Sharon say? That whole church messed up. They in there stealing all the money. When one person did something. I don't know why that is. When one person does something in the church, we all get blamed. It's kind of like being black. One black person does something, we all get blamed. One male does something, all men get blamed. One female does something, all women go down. We need to start separating out, really, that there are some individuals, say individuals, there are some individuals that belong to the church that have done some wrong things. We call those what? Sinners. Sinners. Every church should have some sinners in there, right? Because we all sinners. We all sinners. But sometimes our sin does hurt other people. And it's heartbreaking when the entire church suffers because a few people have done wrong. And a few people have done wrong with money. If y'all remember way back, if you was alive back in the 80s, 
It was a big evangel scandal. Who was the scandal? Y'all remember? Ah, the bakers. <laughs> Do y'all remember the scandal of the bakers? Tim and something fat baker. Yes. And what did they do? Some of everything, but a lot of it had to do with money. And when they went down for that, it wasn't just one or two churches that struggled. A lot of churches went down for something that a few people had done. A few people. Our, the church's reputation continually gets damaged because when we aren't true to who we're supposed to be, the world looks at us and looks at us as a whole. Looks at us as a whole. And it's heartbreaking when churches get money wrong. You know how we listen to the news, saints? And the news primarily shows all the bad and all the negative. Anybody ever experienced that? You watch the news and all they show is everything negative. They come into the Cleveland neighborhood and they show all the negative stuff. They never show all the good stuff. And see, that's what I see about sometimes with money in the church. A few people will do something bad, but they never highlight all the good that has been done when people give generously. They never talk about the fact that people took up an offering to help somebody when there was a fire. They never talk about the fact that that single mom got some help when she needed diapers. They never talk about the fact that we provided a building and a safe place for people to come and worship. You never hear those things highlighted. But if somebody steals money, that makes front page news. I really wish that everyone could understand the concept of generosity and tithing and why we give. It is heartbreaking to hear the statement, the church only wants your money. Has anyone ever heard that? The church only wants your money. I wish they would really go and talk to a real tither. Somebody that really gives generously. Because a tither or a person that gives generously would say, the church don't only want my money. I freely give my money. They're not taking something from me. I am giving everything I can to God. I keep going back to this point of what does the world really want? Why do they keep putting out these stories to undermine the church, to undermine God's people? You see, a lot of times we miss the whole point of giving because we don't understand the connection of generosity. Say generosity again. God doesn't want our money. Tell, tell your neighbor that God don't want your money. God does not need you. He made the heavens and the earth. He made everything that we see. God doesn't want our money. God wants us. God wants our hearts. God wants our commitment. God wants our soul. God wants us. And we show that by being generosity, generous. So what's the point of generosity? The point of generosity is to experience love and God and trust and faith all together in one. Say love. 
Say trust. Say faith. Say generosity. All together. Say all together. We're putting all of these things together to experience what God has us on earth. We all have something to give. Tell your neighbor, you got something to give. Every single person can be generous. Every human that was ever born, every single one of us have the opportunity to be generous, to be giving, to be kind, to be positive. We all have those opportunities. The issue is our choice is a heart issue. We can choose to be generous or we can choose to be very stingy. It's our choice. Tell your neighbor, it's your choice. Generosity is that great equalizer because anybody in any economic circumstance can give. The poorest of the poorest person can give. The richest of the richest person can give. Anybody in between can give. Everybody can be generous. Say everybody. But we have to all make the decision, saints, to let go. Letting go of the world's standards. See, the world teaches us you got to take and take and take. You need all of that money. You make sure you get yours before you give to anybody else. That's what the world teaches us. But we are being transformed and made new into something different. To be opposite of the world. Say opposite. The world says to take. God says to give. The world says to be selfish. God says to be generous. The world teaches us to don't care about your neighbor. God teaches us to take care of our neighbor as we would take care of ourselves. It's amazing what God does. But we have to begin to change our mindset. Tell your neighbor, change your mindset. Because right now, some of you are still thinking, she's still going to ask me about my money. (laughs) Some of you are still sitting there struggling, thinking, yep, it all comes down to money. That's what it all matters. Come down to the mighty dollar, right? But you see, when we begin to let go of the material stuff, and we have a mind and a heart change and a soul change, we understand things that the world does not understand. That by giving you this dollar, it's not about the dollar. It's about the sacrifice and saying, God, I'm willing to give you anything. You see, that's what people don't see. Whenever we lay down our dollar... We are looking up to God saying, Lord, this this is your dollar. This is your $10. These are your shoes. These are your clothes. This is your car. I will give you whatever you ask of me. Many of us believe that we just do not have anything to give. Anybody feeling that way today? Holidays was hard. Your paycheck is short. Your bank account is looking negative. And you feel like, I don't have nothing, Pastor Kelly. Let somebody else give something for a change, right? Tell your neighbor, everybody 
Every single one of us can be generous. Every single one of us have something to give. And I know you're still sitting there thinking, but if I give this, it's going to be all that I have. I will have nothing left. If I give you all of my stuff, what am I going to have? It's nothing going to be left for me. I was watching a social media video, and it was a man homeless. He was sitting on the steps, and somebody approached him. Somebody came up to the homeless man and said, I'm hungry. Do you have any money that you could spare for me? I'm hungry. And the homeless man looked at the man, and he could tell, you couldn't be hungry. You dress nice. You look nice. You got, look like you got everything. I'm literally sitting on the street outside in the cold. So the homeless man said to the other man, you're hungry? And the man said, yes, I'm hungry. And so the homeless man reached into his pocket, and he pulled out $2. And he said, well, he looked at his $2, and he said, you hungry? And the man said, yes. He said, well, all I got is $2, but I'll give you my $2. And he put the $2 in the man's hand. This homeless man is on the street. He don't have anything. He don't have a house. He don't have a car. He didn't even have a coat on, y'all. All he had is his outfit. He reached in his pocket. He had those $2. He gave the man his $2. The man could not believe that this man had given him everything that he had. So the man turned around and he said, I'm sorry that I asked you for this money. Here's your $2 back. Then he reached in his pocket and he brought out a wad of money and he said, this is for you. And the homeless man was sitting like, what? He said, I almost didn't give you my $2. He almost lost his blessing. Because he was going to hold on to $2, never knowing that Jesus was about to bless him with a wad of cash. Because he gave so willingly, so easily, he received a blessing. It's people like that in the Bible. As we go through this sermon series next week, we're going to be talking about two widows. Say widows. Widows back in the day, when their husband died, they didn't have very much especially if they didn't have children. And so they were left with nothing. And here they are being asked to give everything. Say give everything. How is God challenging your heart today? How is God challenging your heart at New Life at Calvary? Today, as we prepare to leave, and we're not leaving right away because thank God today we got some baptisms. Say thank God. We got some baptisms. We're bringing in some new people today. But we're, we're going to be passing on your way out the pledge sheets. And I didn't give anybody the pledge sheets today because I want us to take time to think about what God is doing in your heart. See, all of us are going to be asked, what can we give to support the church? What can we give to support God's ministries in the world And that shouldn't be a rash or a hasty decision. That should be something that we take time to think about, to talk about with our family, to challenge even our children. Hey, you get birthday money, you get Christmas money, you get, you know, money for doing some chores. What can you do for Christ with your money? How are you being generous? So as we walk out today, some of y'all are going to stop and actually pick up the form. 
Some of y'all going to scoot out real fast and try to avoid it. And that's okay, whatever you do. But I want us all to challenge ourselves to think, what is God asking me to do? Think about that homeless person. I'm hungry. Jesus teaches us, I'm hungry. And do what? Feed my sheep. I'm hungry. Take care of my people. How are we doing that today? So today, when we walk out, we're going to sing this song. What's the song we singing, y'all? It's in our bulletin. I love you, Lord, today. And as we think about being generous today, I want us to continue to, to think about that during the week as, as we, we're going to challenge, be challenged by God to, to test God and increase our faith. And, and then we're going to be talking about, I want to be happy All of us talked about happiness today and how generosity can help us to be happy. So as we close this message with this prayer today, I want you to personally talk to God and ask God, how can you be more generous? How can you be more kind? How can you be more patient and understanding and giving and generous and all the things that God desires us to be? So let's pray. Gracious God, We want to be a generous people. We want to be changed and made new. We want to learn how to let go and let you do everything in our lives. Lord, we all know we have on our heart, we're thinking about what's in our accounts, what's in our banks, what's in our wallet, what's in our purses, Lord, and help us to let go. Help us to think about ways that we can be a blessing to somebody else and and to be a giver and a generous giver, Lord, and a cheerful giver to other people. As we depart today, Lord, and we take our pledge sheets home, Lord, we pray, Lord, you would touch our, our hearts to think about exactly what you are desiring of each and every one of us. We thank you and we honor you. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, we pray. And all God's people said, Amen and amen.